We're going to learn a brand new discourse um, that was just discovered. There was a um, custom that they ever had for many years to uh, do a fabrengen after the Seder and the second night of the Seder. And uh, I guess it was harder to get everyone together to uh, capture and remember everything that was said then. I'm not sure, I'm not familiar, but either way, there was something, there was 1967, there, maybe said a discourse then, and the way it was transcribed until now, it was missing a lot of points, I'm missing the conclusion of the discourse, and uh, someone just uh, discovered and shared another uh, rendition of the of this uh, discourse. It's interesting that um, uh, the Gemara says that uh, fish are in the water, but when it rains, they go to the surface to uh, get the raindrops, the fresh water from heaven. In a similar way, as Jews are like the fish to maybe submerge in Torah. When there's a new revelation of Torah, they run to the new revelation of Torah. So there have been so many new insights from the Rebbe that have been published in the last couple of years. It feels like <laughs> this teaching itself is something that we've, we've we've heard before, but Baruch Hashem, thank God, we should immediately see the coming of Mashiach and hear a brand new revelation of Torah from our Rebbe. Anyways, go right to this discourse. This discourse is based on the four questions. It's based on the words, why is this night different than older nights? And the uh, Rebbe uh, phrases the questions in the beginning of the discourse in a similar way to the four questions. In other words, usually the Rebbe doesn't count the questions. He just says what the questions are. But here, the Rebbe himself counts the questions in a similar way that the child who asks the questions from his father also says, this is the first question, this is the second question. Okay, let's go right to it. Why is this night different than all other nights? This section of the Agada, which is all questions, in this section there are many, many specific nuances that need to be understood. And there are even very simple things in this section that no one has yet asked about. The first question, Erzhtakasha is, the first question is, what's the reason that only in the fourth question does the child say, on all other nights we eat, whether sitting straight or lying down, and tonight we, all of us lie down, all of us lean. That's the language of the question. All of us recline when we eat in the night of the Seder. So the language of the child is specific, all of us lean. So the question is, if that language was appropriate, he could have used that language for the other three questions. He could have said about all of us dip two times, all of us eat matzah, all of us eat mur, and if in all the other questions does not say the word all of us because it's obvious that all of us are doing this because this is what you're supposed to this is what you're supposed to do and therefore this is something which is appropriate for everyone to do and therefore doesn't doesn't have to underscore and say this is what all of us are doing if that's the reason does not use that word all of us in the first three questions so then the question is how come the fourth question does he find it necessary the child does find it necessary to say in all the nights uh, we eat sitting or reclining, and how come all of us, specifically, does he use that word, does he use that phrase, 
In the last question, all of us recline. That's the first question. The second question that's Veta Kasha is, if the child is specific, when he uses the expression, all of us, and he wants to say something with those words, it would seem the opposite. It would seem that not only is this question also relevant in the first three questions, but the truth is that this, this phrase is more appropriate in the first three questions and not so much in the last question. Because dipping the, the modern chareses and eating matzah modern is something that all of us are obligated to do. And women are also obligated. As our sages said, that because women experience the miracle as well as the men, therefore they're obligated to do everything that the men are obligated to do. Although in general, the, the Talmud discusses various things that um, women are not obligated to keep time-related mitzvahs. But um, this night of Passover celebrates the freedom of all the Jewish people from slavery, including the women. And therefore, they're obligated as the men in all matters that men are. So that's something that the uh, that everyone does. Everyone has matzah. Everyone has mar, um, and everyone uh, dips the mar uh, and the karpas and the salt water. So, if we want to use the expression "all of us," that expression would apply to the first two questions very well. However, the last question, the question about reclining. In the Talmud it says only a a woman of uh, only a woman who is distinguished in her um, social status is obligated to lean. That says in, that says in Gemara in the Code of Jewish Law it says that all of our women are considered in a high social status and yet it's not yet it's not the custom to lean. But either way, it, it the halachic obligation of leaning is not for every woman. And it says also that children who have not reached yet the age of education are exempt from leaning. And it says also that a child in front of his teacher is not allowed to lean. It's not considered respectful to, uh, to lean when you're in front of your teacher. There was a certain chassid who was related to a Hasidic rebbe and he asked, he was going to go to, to this Hasidic Rebbe, not our Rebbe, for, for Pesach. And he asked the uh, previous Rebbe if he should lean by the Seder or not, because you're not supposed to lean in front of your Rebbe. This wasn't his Rebbe, just his father-in-law. And he also asked the previous Rebbe if, he should have, um, if he's allowed to have medicine on the holiday. Some people are very careful about not just consuming chametz, but consuming anything which... Which doesn't have really, you know, which there's, there's a real strong supervision. Some people only don't eat processed food. So he asked the previous Rebbe if he's allowed to have his medicine on the holiday. So the previous Rebbe very sharply replied, um, "Honoring yourself has a limit, and fanikats uh, may take being dainty and taking care of yourself." And so, um, how do I say this? Being so into yourself and taking care of your needs also has a limit. And therefore he told him, do not lean at the Seder and do not take these, these medicines that you think they're so important for you to take. Uh, in other words, he was saying, stop being so into yourself. B- both questions were answered in the same vein. Don't be so into yourself, therefore you should lean, therefore you should not lean, and therefore you should not take these medicines. Anyways, that's just an aside. So, 
So a teacher um, who has his student present, the Seyers, does not lean. And that was also the custom of our Rebbeim, that only the Rebbes themselves at their Seder would lean. All those present would not lean. Uh, however, all of the other things, all of the other matters at the Seder are things that all of us do. So it comes out that the language in the four questions, all of us, that language, all of us, is more appropriate for the first three questions, not the fourth. The first three questions are something that all of us do. But not everyone leans. And uh, therefore, if we're going to use an expression which is inclusive, it would be more appropriate to use that language for the first three questions, not the fourth, when the, not, the, not everyone leans. That's the second question that Rebbe asks on the four questions. The third question is, it's known that the four questions correspond to the four worlds. They are, the four questions are in ascending order from the lowest world, the world of Asiya, to the highest world, the world of Asilis. So it comes out that the fourth question, why do we recline, why do we lean, that question corresponds to the world of Atzilus. We need to understand questions come from the side of evil. It says in Kabbalah, questions are related to evil. And the world of Atzilus, it says, evil cannot reside with you. And as it says in Tanya, that there's no, in, 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 in general, in the inner dimension of Torah, there are no questions there, there's no arguments there. So the world of Atzilus, which is parallel to the inner dimension of Torah, how could there be questions there? How are there questions in the world of Atzilus? Questions are associated with evil. The, the previous Sheba once said that uh, why is the wise son next to the wicked son? Because why is also Klippa? So the Chacham, if the wise son is saying why, why is also Klippa? What's Klippa? Klippa means a concealment of godliness, something that's not godly, and covers godliness. Uh, or as the Rebbe wrote, if I remember correctly, Ein Belachluches has no moisture, it's, nothing, it's just a concealment, something which is just there to cover, to conceal. So um, the whole concept of a question, or a kushya, a kushya is not just a question. A kushya means, you could ask a question like you don't understand. A kushya means that the question has a has an oikets. It's, it's something which is opposing the idea, saying this, this shouldn't be this way. Uh, it's not, it's, uh, so, so questions are associated with, with, with klippa. So how could there be klippa in the world of Atsilus? Just briefly, this the analogy we've discussed many times that the Rebbe gives to the four worlds. There is the way the king is in his personal chambers. That's the world of Atsilus. There's the way the king is in his throne room. That corresponds to the world of Bria. Then there's the way the king's officers from his throne room have leave the throne room to do various missions for the king. That's the world of Yitzira. And there are people who are uh, living at the, at the, at the far uh, reaches of the ends of the kingdom who have barely even know that there is a king, and that is our world. So in the king's chambers, all there is is the king. That corresponds to the world of Atzilus. There there's no evil. All there is is revelation, pure revelation of Hashem. As Altar heard from the Zichim Magid, what is the world, what is the highest sphere uh, in Atzilus? Chachma. What is Chachma about? Said the Mizitcha Magad to the Alter Rebbe. Chachma is a place where there is revealed how Hashem is alone and there's nothing besides Him. So if there's a revelation in Atzilus, with the, the, the main sphere of Atzilus is Chachma. Chachma is the, is the every world has a, a sphere which is the center of that world. 
The world of Bria centers around understanding godliness. And the world of Atsilu centers around this truth of there's nothing besides Hashem. So if that's what is experience of the world of Atsilu, if that's what Atsilu is about, so then how could there be questions? Their questions are from Klippa. That's a question. The previous Rebbe explains that this idea is similar to what we find about Sadiqim. It says that when Jewish people were in Egypt, they had to work with mortar and brick. So the Zohar says that the words mortar and brick, Chomer, Luvenim, are related to two exercises in Talmudic, um, in, in understanding of the Talmud. The word Chomer, mortar, is related to Kalva Chomer. Kalva Chomer is one of the 15 principles of Torah where you can derive many laws from, from using the following logic. If, if I can touch the roof, then certainly Dr. Bresman can touch the roof because Dr. Bresman is taller than me. That's a Kalva Chomer. If this is true for, for something which is, has less, then this is certainly true for something which has more. So that's one principle of Torah interpretation. So, so the, the, instead of the, the tzaddikim having to engage in actual work with mortar and brick, they can suffice with working only with understanding the Talmud. As the Rizal, it is known that the Rizal was, uh, would, would exert himself tremendously to study Torah. He would sweat when he studied Torah. So tzaddikim, instead of working with mortar and brick, they can work with chomer, v'kal v'chomer. And levenim, brick, is related to the word libun hilchasa. Libun hilchasa means to um, to clarify halacha. To libun comes to the word, word white lavan to take the halacha, to take the the Jewish law, and to analyze and to make, and clearly understand what the halacha is. Are you on the line? Yeah. Okay. No, we just need someone to delay. Oh, you need someone to Um I can't. I can't refuse that. What, what are you guys going to do? No, no one. Any, any, any half laners there? Half. No. You know what half laners are. I'm also a half laner. Also. I understand. I asked. Nobody. I mean, I know. Let me see if anybody. Any, any half laners over here? Let me see. Okay. I guess it's my mister. Here we go. Let's go. All right. All right. We're going to interrupt this program. So, uh, lay in the Torah. I'll see